Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Jason. Hello. Once again, back another <laughs> Marvel TV show, and here you are. Yeah, I thought I could probably, I might be able to get out of this one bit with this being an animated thing, but you know, MCU, Marvel Studios, yeah, I'm here. It all counts. It really is <laughs> all connected now. It all counts. Today's topic, what if Marvel Studios' first animated series. The series explores alternate timelines in the multiverse that show what would happen if major moments from the MCU films occurred differently. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. As you said, initially we weren't sure if you were going to be on the show or not because we've been covering the live-action Marvel Studios shows. It's good that you've come on. I'm here. I have some thoughts. So this is always good, you know, just therapy just to get it all out. Well, let me just say this. Let me just get it out of the way. Right. We were told this was going to be an anthology series. Each episode would be standalone. And week to week, some episodes were better than others. You get to the finale. I mean, they're all connected. It's all connected. When you've got the guardians of the multiverse, I know people that are struggling to get through the episodes because it's just not doing it for them. And I think for them, and for me as well, if I'd have known that it is all going to be coming together, I probably would have had a better time with it that first time, to be honest. Probably would have paid attention a little bit more. But <laughs> I mean, it just shows like they Marvel Studio, they just can't help but just connect everything and have everything have some sort of purpose. Just let it be what the premise is. Why can't they just do it? I don't know. I I mean, are we gonna are we gonna come we're gonna come back to obviously the fin like the finale? Are we doing each episode? No, we will, of? yeah, because it's only okay. it's only it's only nine. I mean, ordinarily what we do. We talk about the characters. We talk about the performances. The the cast is ridiculous. <laughs> We're clearly not yeah. going to do that. So we, the best process is to episodes, episode by episode, right? So we'll come back to the finale, and I'll give you some thoughts there. But I mean, yeah, all I can say now is just like they just can't leave it be. Everything has to connect. Hashtag it's all connected. Even these anth anthological episodes, probably not the honest. correct word. <laughs> I've got to be honest, like when I was younger, I've read some What If comics just because they were there and there may have been nothing else at the time. I never would have gone out of my way. Like I'm more interested in what it actually is over what it could be. So it's, the idea of this show, yeah. I found it appealing, you know, one and done. But again, like if I'd have known that really this, it's not one and done. There's an arc to this show. I probably, like you said, maybe paid attention more, or certainly I'd have felt like I was getting more out of it because I guess I like to make a bigger commitment than just here's 30 minutes of something. That first episode, and we will get to more of a breakdown of each episode, but the first one with Captain Carter especially, so much happens in half an hour to the point where it's almost rapid fire with the edit because they've got so much they need to get to in that time. The later episodes, there's more time to breathe and they can take the time with it a little bit more. But again, if I knew it was the start of this overarching storyline, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I'm all for like anthology type thing. I mean, the, the downside is sometimes, especially when it's episodic or even when it's like season based, it's a different sort of story each time. The downside is if you're not into it this time around, you know, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. But the upside is, okay, this one might be a bit of a miss. The next time could be good. So, you know, a, a perfect anthology series, which, you know, be really hard to find, would be every episode blows your mind and is amazing and is incredible. But, I mean, I've, I've got to say now, it's like this isn't, for me anyway, this this show isn't that. And as we get into the episodes, I'll I'll, I'll really explain why. But... I mean, the premise, the idea of of taking, you know, this our beloved MCU, you know, yeah, we're all big fans, 
and just taking certain elements and then changing something and then and then literally asking that questions what the, the question you know what would happen if this if this was to occur what if this happened then this would happen like that's such an interesting concept to me that i'm like wow like we could have some really creative fun smart sort of exploration of this i've got to say and a lot of this might be me being a negative nelly or a bit of a nitpicker i just feel like there was never at any point a smart breakdown of what actually would happen in terms of the mcu there's always each episode has this initial what if question what if this was to happen okay cool and then the answer is either in some episodes well then that's what would happen and that's it like the the series of events would play out the same but just this element is different or it would be okay what if this was to happen okay then that would happen but then a whole bunch of other stuff would be changed as well not directly linked to that original what if question and it just kind of a lot of the episodes just really annoyed me and i I just found myself getting frustrated because they weren't delivering on what the concept of the show was promising what we were getting were just alternate reality elseworld tales i know that's not marvel but that's what we were getting they weren't honoring the concept of what if they were just doing whatever (laughs) kind of thing that's (laughs) my that's my negative start to this yes i have some positive things and i'll i'll come along I'll, i'll come along but i just found that annoyed me the show isn't what it's promising okay you speak (laughs) again i've not read too many of the comics but i've read enough to know that the show is what the comics was or is like they're still putting out and i hate the comics no i don't i don't hate every now and then (laughs) they recently put a spider-man symbiote what if comic out although bizarrely they didn't use the what if logo from the show and when they included what if on the comic it was really small so you could maybe even miss it which is really odd, <laughs> odd branding. But anyway, that's another, to hide it. that's another matter. For me, whether it's What If at Marvel, Elseworlds at DC, the best version of the character is often the one that you've got. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's so it's like a lesser version. But there is some merits, and there's some genuine gems. I do like Haley Atwell coming back as Peggy Carter and being Captain Carter. I thought the first episode was pretty decent. You see, like with that first episode, like that's my example of, like, I mean, that one probably sticks the most to, okay, what if this was to happen? And then everything that follows was related to that what if question, which I'm like, okay, cool. But the answer then is just like, okay, what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum? Then that's what happens. And then literally the, the, the events of, Captain America, the first event, just play out. But with Peggy Carter, they do a little, they do something different with, you know, Steve Rogers and they, for some reason, have him in an Iron Man suit. Like, that's that's the new stuff. And then there's that giant octopus squid thing. But that's, it's like the answer, for the first episode, I just felt like that was, I don't know. The answer was boring. I was okay. like, I, I liked that one, but yeah. we'll we'll save the rest of the episode. Okay. You tell okay. me how much you don't like them when we get to them. <laughs> yes, I look forward to it. <laughs> I'll surprise you with one or two. I'll surprise okay. you. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright stars as the Watcher, who narrates the series alongside many MCU film actors reprising their roles. That's where it gets interesting. Who is and isn't? Yeah, there's a. I mean, I'm sure there's reasons. I'm surprised Tom Holland isn't there, but whether that's Sony, whether he's busy doing other things, I don't know. You've got Black Widow featuring so prominently in a few of the episodes. No Scarlett Johansson. Anyway, is but majority of the actors do come back. But Jeffrey Wright, though, his voice, his tone. I think he's so good as the watcher. And I did read that that his approach to playing the watcher, it changed ever so slightly for him because he'd not seen the Marvel films before 
and watch them with his son. So he had right. more of an affection for the characters based on the experience he shared. And apparently changes were made to the watcher. Like initially the 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 performance was to be a lot colder, like just like a cold, almost monotone observer. Whereas you don't get that from Jeffrey Wright. Like you get that he is interested, he does care. Yeah, he's just got one of those great voices. And Jeffrey Wright, like looking at all the pop culture TV and film that he's doing, whether it's Westworld, the Bond movies, he's got the Batman. And I'm sure there's more examples. Like he's doing a lot of pop culture things at the moment. And, and I think he's great in this. Yeah, I think the, the closest you get to him being like monotone is probably like the, you know, like the opening credits type thing. But even that, like, even though it's like monotonous and cold and empty, it, it's pretty epic. And yeah, he's, he's a great get for this. Obviously, when, uh, you know, when we get to the last episode and the Watcher's doing a whole lot of stuff, you get, you get more of him. And it's obviously not as stagnant and, uh, and cold. So yeah, I, I think he gets to have a bit more fun there. But, like, yeah, he is a great addition to the MCU. If there was something from this to carry over into the live-action MCU proper in future, if it's just Jeffrey Wright voicing the Watcher or one of the Watchers or something, well, I'm all for it. Oh, me too. For, I mean, obviously, we've seen them. We've seen them. To have him do one of the voices at some point, like, yeah, why not? See positive stuff. I've got. I've got things. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if, just like the other MCU shows, Phase Four, that already like it's such an interesting phase, isn't it? Like we had to wait for the movies with Black Widow. We're getting Eternals, Spider Man. We've had Shang Chi, and an animated series. So, I'm hoping that we know that we're going to get a second season of what if and that's set to premiere early next year but i'm hoping for some more animation as well i'm loving for the most part the live action stuff on tv but there's a lot they can do in here i mean imagine this live action the actors alone impossible could not afford it yeah. not even disney could afford to do it and then the big <laughs> set pieces because I heard one criticism about this show that saying, what's the point? They might as well just do it live action. Are you kidding? Like a <laughs> half hour weekly show on Disney Plus have this live action. I mean, look at the other ones. Like whether it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, it's not all explosions. There's lots of standing yeah. around talking because it's a TV show. It might be uh, MCU. Yeah, it's still they're TV. Not, they're not doing a half hour episode where it's like, all superpowered zombies and stuff like that. That'd get expensive. Like it ain't gonna be like just practical, you know, spaghetti horror stuff. It'll be like superpowered zombies. Yeah. They can't do it. Can't be done. <laughs> I was saying that though. I mean, the series has received generally positive reviews. We've praised for the voice acting and creative storylines and scenarios, but some criticism for its animation, episode length, and writing. This show getting praise for the actors. I should hope so. This show's got Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> you know, this show's got Chris Hemsworth, Benedict Cumberbatch. So yeah, this show does deserve praise for the voice acting. But and hey, on. The, <laughs> the ones that stand in for, you know, the, act, the, vo the, the actors that I guess don't come in and provide their voices, like a lot of them, you know, you, you'd, you wouldn't be blamed if you were like, oh, is that not so-and-so? Like, is it, oh, okay. A lot of them are pretty, I'm not saying they all are, but a lot of, they're either pretty close or they do a good enough job that you're like, nah, this works for me. And it's fine. And you buy it. Like, you know, you said Scarlett Johansson isn't in this. Well, I had no idea. <laughs> I just, I knew, I knew it wasn't Robert Downey Jr., but I yeah. like, I, uh, I was like, yeah, it sounds close enough. <laughs> to it, yeah, it definitely sounds like it. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure on the guy's name. I'm looking at my notes here. The actor voicing Steve Rogers. 
I'd say at times sounds more like Captain America than Chris Evans does. He was <laughs> such a good Steve Rogers. I had to, I mean, I had to look that. Obviously, being the first episode, I was diving in. I was looking. I was like, "Wait, what is this? Like, is he? Is he? Is that Chris Evans?" And it wasn't. So I knew he wasn't. But you're right. Like he, close. Like very close. But this, there's so many. I mean, who does come back? I mean, from like even as minor characters, like Kobe Smolders, Maria Hill, Jeff Goldblum is in this. You know, back as Grandmaster. Natalie Portman, Don Cheadle, Andy Serkis, Angela Bassett. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, Kurt Russell, There's a lot of I mean, names. It's, it is ridiculous. I've just found, though, because I've got to give him credit, Josh Keaton. He's the guy that voices Steve Rogers. Right. And does, yeah, he does such a good job. There's certain episodes where I, I agree with you. Like, you didn't even notice Scarlett Johansson not voicing Black Widow, and it doesn't impact it at all. You know, the actress sounds enough like her. It doesn't distract or anything like that. But there's certain actors where I think, I mean, they were getting most anyway. Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. So distinctive. And the second episode, the Star-Lord one, that was a really good episode. And it has, you know, it has a lot going for it. And having the actual actor adds to it. Not every episode needs that. Another example of that is the Doctor Strange going bad. Benedict Cumberbatch. If you want it to feel and look like the films, you need to get Cumberbatch. And it really adds to that episode. I think the only one that really stood out as not... Like, I was like, like, it's possible, it works enough. But I was like, yeah, like, it obviously very clearly isn't Robert Downey Jr. is the Tony Stark which I'm, I'm scurrying through this giant list trying to find them. <laughs> Mick, Mick Wingett, Mick Wingett, okay. I think. I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, the list is ridiculous. <laughs> but we've got, like, Seth Green is back as Howard the Duck. I was l- literally just looking at that one and <laughs> being like, Seth Green actually came back. For, for Remember it. Taserface from Guardians of the Galaxy? They've actually got the actor Chris Sullivan, like, you know, be a, what would be an easier list to look at is basically who doesn't return. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah, I mean, and then just assume everyone else is back because I'm going through this and I'm like, no, that's who plays it in the movie. That's who plays it in the movie. It's, Mo- it's- yeah, for the most part, you're right. That would have been an easier way of doing things. In hindsight, <laughs> maybe I should have done it that way. But uh, I mean, you've got Josh Brolin back as Thanos. Yeah. Uh, so many of the actors are back and it's good and for the most part it does it does add to it but then you know you mentioned jeff goldblum's back i mean has he got like maybe like one line, line of dialogue lines. like it's it's <laughs> yeah. very minimal but at the same time they're here they're doing the voices and it just it adds that bit of star power and it's not just like stunt casting they're bringing the big actor from the big screen to this animated show. AC Bradley serves as head writer with Brian Andrews directing. I think he pretty much directs all the episodes. And what I thought was interesting with them is that what they've talked about is ideas that they were told they couldn't do for various reasons. An episode pitch involving the Guardians of the Galaxy was suggested for the first season but it had to be scrapped after AC Bradley was told that she had inadvertently written half the plot of Volume 3, the new Guardians movie. <laughs> Whoops. Can't do that one. Uh-oh. One episode idea that Bradley came up with would have involved Loki becoming worthy to wield Mjolnir. This idea was disregarded early on, however, as the idea of Loki becoming a hero had, was already in the works with his own show. There was going to be an episode that would have consisted of Spider-Man turning into an actual spider, but the idea was scrapped as AC Bradley found the idea to be far too dark in comparison to the rest of the series. And there was another idea they had as well (laughs) for Jane Foster to become Thor, and this was way before Love and Thunder. 
So if you're them, you're going to be so disappointed because you sat, you sat there, you're going through, you're making notes, writing yeah. scripts, and you're legit having <laughs> good ideas. And Marvel's like, yeah, it's a good idea, but we're doing it already. Oh, it's, yeah, it'd be a kick in the nuts. That's, <laughs> it would be. The animation style. Caught me off guard at first. I didn't know if I liked it or not. What, you know what? You? I actually liked it. I liked it. Um, it has it has its like it, it it almost has like a unique look to it that I think if I saw this style again, I would I would think of this show. Like it's it's distinct. It, they haven't just gone for like a a standard 2D or a standard 3D. It's almost like a blend of the two. And then you've got these designs of the characters that aren't, they're not cartoony. They're not necessarily too like, you know, they haven't tried to be like, oh, let's be really photorealistic. But uh, there's a quality to it that kind of like, it, it works. It's animated, but it kind of looks real if you forget for a bit. With these backdrops that, being a set piece of scenery pretty artistic they look they look well okay there's a there's a reason i i had to look into it because there was a term that I came across that i wasn't familiar with and and this is going to be more so like the character designs i mean the, the backgrounds i agree look fantastic and pretty much look 2d to be honest but the characters their designs look a little bit different have you heard the term cell shading before yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of, it's that, it's, it's how you get like 3D effects on 2D work, on 2D yeah. artwork. So, so again, I, I've got it here. I, so I don't want to put you on the spot. Cell shading <laughs> is a type of non-photorealistic rendering designed to make 3D computer graphics appear flat by using less shading color instead of a shade gradient or tints and shades. So it's a 3D image that's flattened. And that's why I think some of what you're talking about- it Sounds like the opposite of what I just said, but yes. <laughs> but when you're saying that it does kind, it has that 3D effect, but even though it looks 2D, because it, it does, mm. that's, that's what I'm saying, what you were saying before. And it's not looking exactly like the actors, but it does look enough. Initially, they were looking at doing 2D. Director Brian Andrews wanted 2D, uh, but it was said that it would be a large amount of work and it just take too long. So they decided to do <laughs> yeah, the rendering too too instead. You know, the opening of the whole thing, it looks like your typical Marvel Studios opening and then it becomes animated. I do like that. That was a nice touch. Yeah, it's sort of like, like sketch work. It's sort of like, okay, it's Marvel Studios, but animated. Tonally, it's the MCU. It's pretty much, you know, what we're familiar with for the most part. A lot of the characters outside of the what if element are the same characters. Yeah, that that transition or like transfer or whatever, that worked well. And much like the MCU, you know, like each episode almost has its own like it varies in tone but at the same time they all can still feel like of one piece especially when you get to that last episode where it is is all one piece but you know what i mean like but you've got like party thor episode where it's like oh this is all laughs and fun and then you've got the gritty like murder mystery episode and the you know the zombie apocalypse where it's pretty grim it's pretty grim yeah it's all over the place, but in a very synced way. Very MCU-like. Yes, yeah, so totally. It just it tracks. It feels like the movies and with those character designs, looks like the movies, with the actors, sounds like the movies. The music, we've got Laura Carpman. She's won five Emmy Awards over the year. She's done a lot of work in TV and film. And I was looking up one of the last things she worked on before this. She was one of two composers on Lovecraft Country. Oh, right. That's okay. what she'd done previously. 
and you've got the music accompanying what if and the watcher in the opening but because this sounds like the mcu they're able to sample all the actual music from the films that they're basing it on so whether she's lifting that or she's or incorporating it i'm not sure but I like the opening and again, like without knowing how much he's actually done, but I do like the score. Is what I'm, I'm sure to there's it's it's one of those things where like, I'm sure there's a lot of of new music that she's done that we're not picking up on. And I think we we look back and we remember all of those, you know, the iconic tunes and stuff that we hear. But there's there's definitely gotta be a skill to incorporating set music pieces into original work and making it fluid and all that but it, you know it's always epic every in time when you hear like the avengers theme or or something and that really always did work that works really well when you're hearing the music from the movies seen in animation mm. so there is things to like that was no there is <laughs> no, no no look like, like i there there's quite a lot of positives especially when it comes to the production and what we're actually seeing on screen and you know the show as a whole, as a as as an animation, as you know, yeah, the music, the voice work, the you know, the the craft of this production, and big ticks all round. Like yeah. it's it's well done. I mean, it's not as if like Kevin Feige or whoever's said, you know, what well, we've got all these live action things coming out, film and TV. Let's just do a couple of let's rush a couple of animated series. They've not done done that at all. Like it's still feels like this show has all the love and care that they're putting into all the live action shows. They've just stuffed up a few things and I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> we now we'll go through we'll go through the okay. Fantastic. I'm itchy. Talked, we've pretty much talked about episode one already. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? And I've said I liked that one. Felt rushed at times. There was a lot to get through. But I liked that. No Hugo Weaving as Red Skull. But you can't really be surprised at that because he also didn't come back for Infinity War. What was it, Endgame? No, Endgame. He didn't come back mm. for Endgame. But they'd got Ross Marquand. And, he's and he was the guy, he was the one in Endgame. Or it was definitely was Endgame. It Endgame or, or Infinity War. Was it Endgame? No, it was Infinity it was both. War, wasn't it? It was both. It was both. He's in both. Let's, okay, good. Yeah. In Endgame, <laughs> when, you know. Black Widow falls to a death. That whole thing. That Infinity War with Thanos. Yeah. Gamora, but... Infinity War. Yeah, it's all good. But I anyway, they brought him a, back. I'm being a <laughs> terrible MCU fan right now. <laughs> yeah, he's back. No, look, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's back. So, like you said, you know, like you, you, you felt like this one was, was rushed. That's because kind of is. It's just. After the initial, you know, bit where it's like, oh, you know, Peggy ends up in the machine and she gets the super soldier serum. It's just, it's sort of like flashes almost of scenes of from Captain America, the first Avenger. It's beat by beat. It's like, and this it happened is. almost like, like, you know, when they kick open the door, there are shots that are literally the same shot. Just switch that character out for this one. Nah, How would that... removing the goggles with the light yeah. flashing identical? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot. And I, again, that's why I feel like I'm, by the end of that first episode, again, this was my first exposure to this show. I got to the end of it and I was just sitting there like, what was the point of this? <laughs> like, what was the point? Yeah. Future episodes don't, do this as much and i thank it i thank the series for it but this was a weird episode to start on because i feel I th- like there was just no delivery in the point of the show I, I just didn't get it i think this this episode had a lot of heavy lifting to do they clearly want captain carter as a focus point but not just this season like the next season they're going to be making as well they really want to set her up i really like the character of Peggy Carter, I like Hayley Atwell. And First Avenger is still one of my favourite MCU films. So maybe I was giving it a bit of a pass because of that. But but again, I'm recognising that it is one of the more rushed episodes of all of them. They had a lot to set up. 
the next one, what if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? That's very different. <laughs> very different. Very different. I found this one, like, this is just a bizarre episode to me. And I think, you know, coming off that very straightforward standard, like, okay, like, I know what's happening in the next scene, except for that big squid. But in this episode, it was like, there's, there's a whole lot happening. And it's a lot of fun. You get that scene, like, you look at the movie, and the guy goes, who? And he's like, Star-Lord. But it's different. It's not Peter Quill. It's T'Challa. And he's cool. And he's actually good at what he does. And he's known throughout space or whatever. So he gets a different reception. Thanos is a good guy now. He did want to wipe out half the universe, but didn't go through with it. I had a lot of fun with this episode. <laughs> and it was such a, a change from what we got in that first episode. Yeah, this is where obviously where they they started to, I mean, I'm assuming these weren't all made in sequential order, but you know what I mean? Like as a viewer, this is where it's like, okay, this is what the show can be. However, like the thing with Thanos being it, like I have to, I track back to the, the original what if question and it's like, okay, obviously a lot of different stuff would have happened. Obviously T'Challa is quite good at being this character and, you know, like, things that he's done and he's made a name for himself and it's all you know i get that so he would have affected quite a lot of stuff i just don't believe that him being star lord would have affected this mad titan character thanos in changing his ways to not want to do what he's going to do like I, I just feel like no matter how charismatic and incredible and influential T'Challa is as Star-Lord. I just don't see how he could have that reach. I, and, and that's where things started to fall apart for me because I'm like, okay, well, now this story isn't believable anymore because we're not tracking a real series of events in this scenario. So You've just got to think, think butterfly effect and it's not like a, a direct... It's not a, a direct influence that T'Challa has had. Just by being somewhere that then, he wasn't there before, it's all people around him. No, people and that's are. and that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing because like the butterfly effect concept stuff is it's like, like I love it. It's it's fantastic, but it's just if the show is not going to go to the effort of actually explaining why something, especially that dramatic, has happened. Again, it makes me go. Well, then what's the point? We're just seeing stuff and. Uh, I mean, the, the point is whoever's in the title of the episode. It's not going to tell you why, where, or when regarding any other character. Mm. That's not going to be the focus here. I mean, what starts off being what if, it ends up being Guardians of the Multiverse. And it's less of a <laughs> what if scenario to a different Earth, which is just a different thing. And it's obviously the concept you keep coming up against. Whereas if it was just a different Earth, different reality, maybe well, that's you, it. you would that's have had a better it. time with it. Well, I, I would stop being nitpicky about it and be like, okay, this is just a different reality. I would like to then, I would then ask the question, okay, what made this reality so different? But then if it wasn't one single event, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with a lot of it. I mean, for that film, Stu, we recently reviewed Injustice. It's a different Earth, Earth 22. But they're not saying, oh, what if... I guess. But it's just a different Earth. That's... Anyway. Let's just just accept the concept and we'll move on. And we'll talk about episode... What are we up to? Episode three. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? You know, my biggest takeaway from this was for the first time since The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, mm-hmm. the MCU is acknowledging that movie. But instead of <laughs> yeah. Ed Norton, yeah. we got Mark Ruffalo back at the campus. I thought that was very interesting. That Yeah, it was because they, they obviously changed the character design to match 
you know, the current Bruce Banner, whose name is escaping my mind. What is his name? What's his name? Bruce name? Oh, Mark Ruffalo. You literally just said it. Yeah, oh, Mark Lord. Ruffalo. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry. it's interesting, isn't it? After all these years of it mm. not being referenced, we in Shang-Chi, we get Abomination, Tim Roth. There's a bit of dialogue in that movie or there's some grunts and groans or whatever. Yeah. And then now in What If, we're going back to that film. I just find it very interesting. Like, it seems to be mm. it's like been yeah, like, for the longest time. Nobody acknowledges it. Now, nah, they bring it back. They bring it back. But I've got to, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. I like this episode quite a lot. It's dark. We're getting, <laughs> when we, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, okay. again, I mentioned, you know, we recently reviewed Injustice. I mean, this is like a dark Marvel tale of Hank Pym <laughs> murdering the Avengers violently. I mean, I mean, yeah. Hey, do you know what? Time with it. That's good. But no, 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 because I don't know. There was like it was a genuine mystery. I was like, "What is going on? Like, what is happening? What like 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 why is this happening? And who's doing it? And I don't know. I feel like it was a good payoff at the end. And I was, you know, I was like, "Wow, shit!" Like his character is pretty dark. So it kind of kind of works. Like, yeah, no, so I, I really liked it. And, you know, like, there, there was a lot of, like, like I said, with the, with the Hulk stuff, a lot of recreations of, of different scenes, but then, like, but then there was something different to them all. And uh, I, I guess in this episode, it was the first of the many um, Tony Stark deaths because this show, for some reason, really <laughs> likes killing Iron Man. They, <laughs> like, holy shit. That's true, actually. Every time Iron Man's in an episode, he dies. I wonder if it's like, what's that, Robert Downey Jr.? You're not going to come back for the show. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> kill you every time. Or is yeah. it is it a larger is it a larger statement being like, no matter what, Iron Man will die at some point. Like, is that what you know? The world will always lose Iron Man. We'll always lose Tony Stark. In the episode where Iron Man would have survived due to delays, whether it be COVID, they didn't finish that episode or make that episode. You know, when you get to the finale and Gamora is there with Stark and she's wearing yeah. Thanos' armor and she's the only character of the Guardians of the Multiverse that didn't have her own standalone episode. They went out of time to make it. And it's going to happen as part of season two. Well, that's oh, a, right. that's a, that's an episode where Stark didn't die. That's a good point. He'll die in the next one then when when they come back to that. <laughs> well, were you thinking like I got to that finale and I'm like, hang on, have I missed something? Yeah. Where well, I was like, where come from? I, I I was thinking I was like, okay, I either didn't really didn't pay attention to one episode or which clearly was the point. Clearly, what happened? Or I was like, I, I definitely I missed an episode. Holy shit! And nah. And then I worked out where she was from, and I was like, okay, that's weird. But, <laughs> but I mean, I had like a moment of like, hang on, if I missed an episode, hang on, I watch it weekly. Not possible. Yeah, to have missed yeah. an episode. Yeah, but we're gonna get that episode later on. So it'll almost now it'll play like a prequel to whatever we're gonna get in, <laughs> in season two, episode four. What if? Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. This, Ooh. for me, is a strong episode. And again, this is, having this is. Benedict Cumberbatch, it is it's a very good episode. Okay, this is a strong episode. This is, um, it's a powerful one as well. Like, you know, like the emotions there and all that. However, <laughs> here I go. Like what Doctor what Strange is caught up with in this is an attempt to go back and try and change a single event. And the issue I have with this is that the the universe is stopping him from doing. He cannot change this single event. He he is stuck in the universe that he's in. 
which negates the whole concept of the show, which is what if a single event was changed? For me, I don't know. I just couldn't move past that, and that uh, it's it soiled the episode. However, honestly, I'm so still... I'm so glad that I didn't have such a problem with the concept <laughs> like you did. I'm like, right, right. it's called what? Moving I, on. <laughs> no, I I swear to God, I don't know why. I just I just kept getting really irritated every time I put one of these these episodes on because my brain just went. It just got really frustrated. However. Okay, I moved past that. It is a strong episode. It's a good Doctor Strange. It is. Like dealing with grief and just getting defeated and just going to a really dark place again. <laughs> and basically what's happening is that that it's his destiny, no matter how it happens, to become Doctor Strange. And for that to happen, something needs to happen to Christine. And we should say... Rachel McAdams is back. Benedict Wong is back as Wong. Tilda Swinton is back as the Ancient One. <laughs> honestly, like even though they I did know, well in this one, didn't they? They did yes, well. <laughs> they did. Yeah, but honestly, knowing that most of the actors are back, it does. It didn't stop me being impressed with those opening title sequences and getting all those movie stars, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Renner and like all the names are coming up. You're like, like wow. Ooh. This, this is like normally, you know, you'd have like one Hollywood star in a TV show. And yeah. that, that's your hook. Like um, Kate Winslet, Mervy's down. That's it. She's your hook. But this one is like rapid fire and you're getting all these different Hollywood stars. And well, even, you know, even when we go to like some animated films, it might be like a couple, you know, like big names. And then the rest is just, you know, your usual, you know, people. People actually trained in animation, voiceover work, and stuff like that. You know, like big names in the company, maybe not household names for us. So good for them. Good for Marvel Studios. What if zombies? Episode five. So this is Marvel Zombies. They were first introduced in Ultimate Fantastic Four so many years ago. There's been multiple miniseries. But this, I believe, is their first time in animation. Yeah, look, zombies are fun, right? Zombies are fun. Now, I know this is the I know this is the same as like how it is in the Marvel zombie comic, but like these aren't these aren't actually zombies. These are something else that are akin to they're sort of akin to zombies because just zombies with superpowers and using the superpowers as they would if they were still human i just i just don't buy it i don't not, like marvel zombies know, i'm not the biggest fan either i mean visually i just they look pretty pretty cool i guess <laughs> i was just gonna say visually they look pretty <laughs> pretty cool but you know pretty what? cool pretty cool if they're not going to use the powers what is the point they have to use the powers <laughs> And then they're not zombies. <laughs> I, I thought this one was fine. It was okay. I mean, for for the episode that has Spider-Man as a as a big focus, you know, like I wanted to I wanted to like and love it and enjoy it. And, and it, I was like, oh, like we've got Spider-Man on the small screen and they can get away with it because of different licensing rules, which is cool. But I don't know. I just Marvel zombies are stupid, and that's just it. So I mean, well, I, I, I know they have their fans. Spider Man wearing Doctor Strange's cloak. Mm. This was pretty. Th- he was in here. You know, oh, very, very Futurama-ish. Very Futurama. This is like we talked about the dark episodes before, but I mean, this has this this episode's pretty gruesome, brutal, dark. Grim, data, pretty messed up. Like, there's a lot of death in a very unpleasant way. Not just, not just murdered Avengers, but this is like, you know, characters being eaten and stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty effed up. So going back to what I was saying tonally before, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of the the darker episodes. Uh, but they still have a few laughs along the way. Like of you course, said, it's the MCU. Yeah. You know. Ant-Man head. <laughs> <laughs> Episode six, what if 
Killmonger rescue Tony Stark. And what we get in this, Killmonger is Black Panther. So what this show is giving us is what we were told with that first movie we didn't want to happen. We didn't want Killmonger to become Black Panther. And then we were mm. happy when T'Challa came back and took back the mantle. <laughs> Best version of that character, T'Challa, Black Panther. There it is. And there it is. to this one, it, you know, it's cool that Michael B. Jordan is once again playing Killmonger. This character comes back in the finale. But yeah, you know, this one was okay. I, as cool as like, you know how much praise we had for Killmonger in you know, the, the Black Panther film, you know, probably one of the highlights of that movie for me. <laughs> I, I just feel like they, I found his character quite boring in this, in this episode. And then, I don't know, I just feel like Tony Stark has, he, just, he definitely has this affinity for taking on like a, a young ward successor type. <laughs> you know, like this was, his, yeah. But then obviously Killmonger had his own, he just had his own plans, nefarious things. Always, I don't know. They, it's always got his own plans, always. But they made him, they, they just made him more of an asshole in this than he was in, in Black Panther. And I don't know, just by making him unlikable, it's just like, I just stop caring. And then later when they bring him back, it's sort of like, oh, okay, more of this. And that's that. That's this episode for me. It is, but I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at the cast for this episode in particular. To remember, we're just talking about a half-hour cartoon: Michael B. Jordan, Chadwick Boseman, John Favreau, Angela Bassett, Don Cheadle, Paul Bettany. Wow! I mean, the list goes on. It's good to hear Jarvis again. <laughs> Paul Bettany is Jarvis. True. Yeah, it's been that a while. Is, that's always fun. Yeah. Episode seven, what if Thor were an only child? Party boy Thor. I gotta tell you. This episode was so fun. <laughs> so much fun with this one. It is a fun one and it's ridiculous. Like it it's is. probably the stupidest. <laughs> but you know what? Like it's, it we've talked about it before. It took a while for Hollywood to recognize how funny Chris Hemsworth was. And, you know, we've, you know, before Thor Ragnarok, we'd had him in the vacation movie, Ghostbusters, he was funny in that. And No, he wasn't. <laughs> yes, he was. No, and he wasn't. It, anyway, that's, we've done that. <laughs> but it's funny here too. Like, Party Boy 4 is, is really, really funny. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, oh, actually, because, again, Guardians of the Multiverse, it's a whole thing. That's the one where he screams, isn't it? And I'd love yeah. to know. It's like a, it's like a big, I don't want to say girly, but it's a, it's a big loud scream. Was it him? No, it was actually him or not. I really would. But it's it's a scream. I reckon he would have been like, "No, I want to do it." <laughs> I bet he was like, "I want to do it. Let me do it." He does seem up for most things, so maybe. But it was a very, it was a very funny scream. But yeah, this, um, yeah, this, this was a fun episode. This, this was a highlight. It really does, especially when you get to the end of this episode, like this really does play like comedy. And at the end, it's almost like so unrealistic that you're just like, all right, whatever, we've come this far. You know, like where he's, he's basically cleaning up the planet, <laughs> like, you know, before his mum arrives. It's just like, no, what is happening? <laughs> like, this, is, this, is, this is ridiculous. And this episode had Clark Gregg back as Phil Coulson. Yeah, well, I think he was um, back in uh, he was back in the um, the murder mystery episode. That's right. Yes, he, that's right. Yeah. He was there and here, but for this show though, first time playing Coulson again since Agents of Shield ended, and mm. I've not seen all of the final season like you have, but I'm pretty sure by the end, is he really Phil Coulson anymore? I know a lot of things happened to him, but here though, it's original <laughs> Phil Coulson before the events of the first Avengers film. I mean, he was like a life model decoy. It was, it was, I'm pretty sure he was a robot. I mean, at one point, he had a robot I'm, hand. Anyway. That, no, full robot. He was full robot. He ended up full robot. Speaking of, episode eight, what if Ultron won? 
wait no i've got one more thing to say about sorry i've got more things more things about seven in episode seven but in this thor episode the highlight which makes me want i want this character to come back again in live action and i want cat dennings oh the, right the the darcy and howard the duck oh she marries a dog. <laughs> he marries howard the duck it's I think they should remake the Howard the Duck movie with Darcy <laughs> as the Leah right, Thompson Right, instead of Leah Thompson, yeah. Just do it. Make it within the MCU. Make it just... Ah, oh, sold. Just, you know what? It'll be weird. It'll be weird, but... Darcy not? is a character that when she turns up, you just want more of her, whether it's in the Thor films or WandaVision. I think it was a couple of episodes in. And then so many people online were asking for a Darcy and Woo spin-off, like an X-Files yeah. style spin-off. And here we are again. Darcy's appeared in another show. And you're like, I want more. Give me a How the Duck movie you with what? Darcy. I reckon they could do that spin-off thing where like she like they they work on like some case or whatever. Maybe they end up you know in space or how the duck comes or something happens. She's like, I don't know, she's like she gets drunk or she's like hypnotized or put under some sort of spell, wakes up hangover style, married to Howard the Duck. She has to deal with that. So she's not actually in, she's not actually into it, but she has to deal with the That's duck. That's probably a better way to go because it's problematic otherwise. <laughs> okay. Okay. In animation form, but live action, man, it's getting freaky. Very, very strange. Okay. That was worth going back to that episode to talk more about that but Ultron what if Ultron won we don't get James Spader but you know what Ultron sounds to me at least like he did in Mm. Age of Ultron who does voice him have we got that written down somewhere oh Mark uh, Wand oh him again let's go (laughs) he came up a lot when we reviewed Invincible season one he voices a lot of characters on that show Mm. And we know that he's good at impressions anyway. He's done impressions on like various chat shows. Yeah, he's voicing Ultron. He does a very spot-on David Spade. This is this was a pretty uh, this was a pretty ballsy episode, I thought. I mean, not only ending on a cliffhanger, and I wasn't actually sure what was coming next, but um, I don't know to have to have a, a villain that we've already you know. Yeah, scene experience sort of win at the end. I was sort of like, okay, this is pretty. This is going out there. This is this is, I think, where they truly delivered on the concept, except without conclusion until obviously the following episode. But that's fine. Um, but this is where they, they took it. They were like, okay, what if this happened? This is all the stuff that would happen, and it was everything was directly related to the. The what if thing they did it they did it my friend they <laughs> delivered on the what if took them eight <laughs> episodes and it's interesting as well because ultron's the second honestly person the second character to notice the watcher in the doctor strange episode he also sees the watcher mm. and that was a moment you're like huh that's different to what's happened <laughs> yeah. before and then from i think he was at like episode four i said for the doctor strange one episode eight but that's setting up episode nine what if the watcher broke his oath and that's where this show becomes a different show and it is well (laughs) and truly guardians of the multiverse all the characters with the addition of gamora from previous episodes come together and form a a super team essentially to take down Ultron. I want to tell you why this is the most moronic thing I've ever seen ever. Okay, probably not ever, but all right. So Ultron, right? Like, so he's got, he's become this basic super powered, super being entity, universe jumping, multi whatever thing with the infinity stones, like unstoppable being. And the solution is, hey, let's pick these whatever six or whatever people just these random characters from these other 
why not get like 27 Doctor Stranges or like 50 Captain Marvels from different universes? This makes no sense. This is a stupid plan. I'm surprised it worked. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, like they have access to unlimited multiverses. Why not just go collect 100 Hulks? (laughs) Or like, I don't know. Like, why these characters? Because they were the episodes that we watched. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, no, that's your, that's, that's your answer. It reminds it's stupid. me. It's remember, stupid. There's no logic to it. It's dumb. The, the first season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, when Rip Hunter was recruiting them, he said to them, like, in the future, you're known as Legends. Like, everybody knows That's a lie. Who you are. That's a lie. And it's a lie. The reason why those particular characters or people were chosen is because in the future, nobody would miss them. And I always liked that. That makes sense. Yeah. They eventually found, find out that Rip was lying to them. But that, to me, at least makes sense. But I agree with you, yeah. Like it's purely a team of convenience. The writers have come up with the episodes. They decided, I'm not sure at what point, they want them to come together in a single team. But that's why the characters are the, the ones that they are. They, I mean, they could have adopted that same sort of idea and been like, by plucking these these characters out of out of their universes, like there won't be. I don't know, but they just go back exactly where they were, as if nothing changed, except they have the memory. Do they have the memories? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, they do have the memories. They go back to where they were, except for. Black Widow, am, am I right in thinking that she goes back to the movie Earth where they no, no. have a Black Widow? Nah, that's that's is what that I thought at first. No, nah, because that, they were on the heli character during the events of like, you know, the New York invasion kind of stuff. Heli carriers so, were really used in invasion and Captain Marvel was there. But you know what? What if? Who knows? No, no, no. The the no, like the first Avengers movie. I mean, like the invasion of New York. Like that was Loki with his Shatari army because, oh, right. But and it can't have been the movie because it wasn't the, the movie Marvel universe. It yeah, can't no, be. No, so we haven't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that's right. <laughs> that's answered that. I thought maybe <laughs> we do not we have doing. we do not have a Black Widow in the movie universe again. I mean, we do. Her name's Yelana. Or your lane. Okay, you know, we do not have a yeah. Natasha Romanoff, you smart ass son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That, that, okay, <laughs> so, so Captain Marvel is purely there for people who pay better attention than me to recognize that can't be the movie universe because Battle for New York didn't have Captain Marvel. She would be I think it was there. the, I th- this is just me guessing, it might be the universe that all the Avengers were killed. Because the only, the only Avengers that were there were Captain Marvel and Captain America. Oh, yes. And they weren't killed. Obviously, and Nick Fury called Captain, Captain Marvel, was like, eh, my plan didn't work. Come, come back. Sold it. And, sold and it. then they, um, yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> good times. By me. There we go. The finale had the first post credit scene of the series. Marvel shows do this. The movies, we know to wait and we'll get a post-credit scene. And I'm talking the live-action MCU shows as well. Some do, some don't. And they don't tell you when there's going to be one. So the, the only episode of What If that has a post-credit scene is the finale. It shows Captain Carter. She's returned to her universe after joining the Guardians of the Multiverse to stop Ultra Vision, because that's the name that he got in that, from conquering all of existence. When Peggy arrived back to her timeline, Black Widow revealed the Hydra Stomper had been found and with someone inside. So there you go. Who? Setting up. <laughs> yeah, it's setting up the second season. But this is the thing. Like, when we get the finale, when we get this post credit scene leading into a second season, we now know what that's going to be, or we have a better idea. But the idea of going one and done, like, 
anthology, I mean, usually if you're watching something, you want to watch all of it anyway. But you could think, you know, just like a police procedural, whether it's Law and Order or CSI, any of them. I might just miss an episode. I'll miss it this week. It's okay. It's a one and done. I'll catch it next week. And that's what this show sounded like it was going to be. Like, if you missed episode two, don't worry about it. Watch episode three. Catch it at a later date. There's no hurry. There is. Because you need to no, you know do. who like, this yeah. Lord is for episode two for the finale. So when we get in, like, all the characters together and it's a post-credit scene for what's going to come next, the show, for me, it becomes something different to what it initially seemed to be, at least. In fact, even more yeah. than it seemed to be what we were told it was going to be. No, well, well that's it. Like, it was a, it's a blatant lie, to be honest. Like, yeah, like, obviously, they, they did it in a fun way. They were like, ha-ha, like, and I was like, oh, what a surprise. Like, that's fun, I guess. But, it, yeah, you're, like, it's a blatant lie. It's a blatant lie. And so next season, when we get an episode returning to Captain Peggy Carter as Captain America or Captain Britain, whatever the hell she's called, Captain Carter. Captain Carter. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we've got all this stuff now with, like, you know, Steve has returned and all that. It's any newcomers are going to be like, ah, oh, I've got to uh, had to have watched that other episode, and then I guess watch the finale episode as well. So basically, all the Peggy Carter episodes, and then when they have the Gamora episode, you'd probably want to have the backstory of, you know, like when she was with Tony Stark in that other episode, and I don't know. It's just it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, I mentioned you know like. You know, friends of mine that I've only got so far, they've got a couple of episodes left and they're like, I'm not really feeling it. I'm a big fan of the MCU, but it's not doing it for me. I might get to it, but I'm just going to leave it. Whereas for me, I'm like, you need to finish it or you, you'd get something more out of it, or at least I did. But I can't say that without spoiling it. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say they're up to like episode seven. I'm like, hey, yeah. watch episode eight. They're connected. And it brings the whole show together. But then that's spoiling it, I guess. Yeah. And look, I mean, the idea of the watcher breaking it open, being like, I'm going to interview now. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> that's, that was exciting, I've got to admit. I just, I, yeah. It, I don't know. They, again, it comes down to the concept of the show and even not just my nitpicking, but like, the actual show, the whole season does not honour its own concept because it's it's not an anthology show asking these what-if questions. It's, it's a season arc with individual stories all coming together, culminating in a crossover episode at the end. Yeah, it's a different thing. What the MCU does, though, it's, <laughs> it does, well, I mean... It does its team up things just unexpectedly. Yeah, it's it's a team up show of characters from different Earths. The What If comic isn't that. It starts off What If becomes something else. But on that, I think we can rate it. I'll let you go first. You're the guest. So if you're going to God, rate I have, this, I, 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 I have no idea. <laughs> if you're going to rate this show out of out of five, you've heard my positives: the animation, the voice actors, the, the overall general production of it, all high praise. So I can't give this such a low rating that negates that. There are probably enough fun entertaining episodes that does keep my rating up but i mean like i said every pretty much like six out of nine times that i turned this show on i was annoyed i was irritated <laughs> by something that happened and it just really pissed me off so look i'm gonna come very neutral basically because i can't do it any other way 2.5 out of five just halfway, it's a well-made show. It's just executed in such a way that pissed me off a lot. But there's some fun. There's a lot of fun to have. That Thor episode, man, so much fun. There's, there's good times, but there's also infuriating, like, 
It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And that that last episode, holy shit, what a stupid. Just it, it's not logical. I pray to God. I hope this does not connect to the live action films in any way. Like, in a proper way. I just yeah, hope I, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, I'm saying that. I'm saying I don't think it's going to. I, I think we've even talked about it on on the other podcast that season two will feature an episode adapting the Black Widow movie. But I don't think mm. it's going to tie in. I, I mean, like, if, yeah. look, if we get to like Do- people... Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and then suddenly it's like, hey, Captain Peggy Carter. <laughs> oh, hey, here's, you know, Party Thor. Like, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But we're all thinking that this film or this TV show is going to impact the other. Watching Loki, and we're like, right, okay. Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange movie, that's connected to Loki. What's all this funny goings on with the new Spider-Man movie? Before we got that trailer, we're thinking maybe that's Loki. With this TV show, I think it's going to end up being what it is what it is. It's going to not tie into the movies where it's going to have an impact on what's in live action, but I think the other way around could happen. But we'll just have to wait and see. For the most part, I enjoyed it week for week. It's just thinking it was one thing, end up being another. I'm going to come in a little bit higher than you, though, because when it was good, it was really good. Um, We've talked about some of the better episodes. I'm going to come in at a three out of five. I thought you would have gone a lot higher than me. Now I feel like my score is too high. <laughs> no, no, no. Five, because I've got to think it, it is it is a balance. And if I average it out across the nine episodes, I think a three out of five is fair. But again, when it's good, it's very good. But then there's just some episodes where they're just there. Remember what I was saying about which one was it? I don't remember. It must have been Loki, where I was like, each week, like when I watched WandaVision, it was like, oh my God, like, got to get home, got to gotta watch WandaVision. Oh my God, it's already dropped. Let's, let's go. Yeah, or, or, or even like Falcon the Winter Soldier, it was, it was like, you know, I'm looking forward to, to at the time Fridays, like, let's get this going. And when we got to, got to Loki, I was like, oh, it's Wednesday. All oh, right, I'll watch Loki. Uh, but I wasn't like jumping, jumping for joy for it. With this, it was like I'd watch What If on like Sunday morning. <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, uh, I'll get to it when I get to it. I just didn't, I wasn't enthused each week. And that, that illustrates how much I was enjoying it. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> but next, though, come November, so just next month, Hawkeye, which looks like yeah, there we go. a fun show. Time to get festive. Yeah, looks like a great show. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, that's it for our episode all about what if. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show. No worries. I'll try and be more positive uh, the next uh, round, but at least I'm honest and genuine. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can ask. (laughs) As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.